0: Hello and welcome to East Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike and I'm José and we're talking Rambo Last Blood today. Which we are doing by popular demand. <laughs> yeah, well one person asked. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> we're cheap. <laughs> uh, I forget who but uh, I hope you're satisfied. It was Martin. Mar- who is it? Martin was it? Martin Stollery.
1: Was it? Well
0: yes, so, this is for you, so, Martin,
1: yes, this is for you, martin
0: um so rambo i 'll tell you the the very brief things that I knew about Rambo before seeing this because i 'd never watched a Rambo movie oh really, never. I knew that it had a reputation for violence, I knew that it 's based on a, a a soldier who I think initially was supposed to have sort of PTSD and the first one was supposed to be not kind of kind of smart in that respect, mm. and then it just became a violent blood fest after mm. that. I caught a bit of Rambo 3 on TV a couple of weeks ago, just by chance. Um, And what I saw was Rambo lying in a cave in Afghanistan. It's set in the Afghanistan-Soviet War. Um, and he's sort of he's sweaty and he's well lit, and it looks like a fucking Renaissance painting. Mm. And he has this wound in his side, and he cuts the tip off a bullet, pours the gunpowder into his wound, lights it, and it explodes. And that's how he cauterizes his wound. And I thought, well, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Turn it off. And then.
1: And then you've sp- seen the new Rambo. Spoiler! Cut. <laughs> and this is a spoiler
0: coming up. If you're interested in the new Rambo, it's a spoiler. I have now seen something stupider. Which is a man cutting out another man's heart, and it's still beating, and him showing it to him. Which I thought is just something that people say. But they did it in this. This is so stupid. Wonderful, I thought. It's such a... I tell you the other thing I knew about Rambo is that the, when they brought it back in 2008, for the, it had a 20-year hiatus, um, and uh, Sylvester Stallone apparently rang up the UN and said, where's the most violent place in the world? And they said, Burma. And he went, right, I'll set it there. So that's, that was his kind of well, methodology for, for bringing Rambo back a few years ago. Well,
1: I mean, Which I think, you term. know, a lot of people get off on playing somebody like Stallone as stupid. And clearly he's not. You know, he's somebody who, in fact, kind of, you know, has been writing his own screenplays. He, he made himself a star... And, you know, he is an American icon. There's no question about that. Mm. And kind of very interestingly, he's, does, he's done it on the basis of two roles. You know, Rocky and Rambo. You know, um, so... And I suppose he's got another kind of uh, uh, series with uh, The um, Expendables. Expendables. I
0: love when you call them The Expandables. Well... they Are just getting fatter?
1: Um, anyway... Um, I've always been very fond of Sylvester Stallone actually I think um, you know he I remember kind of when I was 14 or 15 and really beginning to go to the movies on my own and that was a time when um, Stallone made his first movie and John Travolta made his first movie and Christopher Reeve came out uh, with the Superman films and you know, I felt that they were kind of my generation stars, right? That, mm. you know, they were different from the Warren Beatty's and Redford's and other people who were big in the 70s, but, you know, they were already uh, uh, they were already established. These were the ones that came up in that first moment when I started going to the movies on my own. And there was something kind of very appealing about uh, both Travolta and Stallone, actually. First of all... They were ethnic. They were Italian Americans. And in fact, Stallone reminded me of a lot of you know people I went to high school with, right? You know, that way of talking and kind of, you know, this um uh this attempt at kind of, you know, getting a big body, you know, but also kind of being quite um you know, quite gentle people in a way. Uh, so so he was he was a type I recognized. Uh and then, actually, one of the terrible things is what what he's done with his career, you know. So, on the one hand, he's a very big star. He continues to be one. He's always been one internationally. He's done it on the basis of very few hits, you know, outside of his franchises, you know, maybe The Specialist and you know, that uh, there's a couple of films, Cliffhanger and so on, that have been a success, but mostly it's been like flops in between franchise films. And I just think, you know, that um, at some point you got to ask yourself, you know, kind of, why put all this shit out in the world? Because you see a film like this and you think, I mean, it's almost like the other side of the coin of the Downton film. But both are like poison. I think they're like putting poison in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. I think this ideological poison. Yes, you know, it kind of they poison people's minds. This this film's treatment of you know Mexicans is just horrific, right? It's kind of every negative stereotype and cliche piled one on top of the other, on top of the other, Mm. on top of the other. It's, It's disgusting.
0: Everything that you that I sort of heard about Rambo and what Rambo became. Um, is absolutely true in this. He is playing American foreign policy. Yes. John Rambo is American foreign policy. Oh, you see the actually, wall throughout. You see the wall, but it's it's all about Mexico. It's all about the. Uh, I mean,
1: fear of the other.
0: Fear of and you could you the, the slogan of the film could be. You know, what Trump said, Mm. they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Yes. You know, there are, like, two good Mexicans in this. Yes. Like, that could be what it is. You've got... So the film starts off with um, Rambo... I mean, in a way, I was disappointed because... and uh, Wow, imagine being disappointed by a Rambo movie, but in in a way, I was disappointed because one of the other parts of Rambo's reputation is that they kill hundreds and hundreds of people, and Mm. I thought, well, at least I'm going to see some load of stupid death. And actually... When it starts off with Rambo living on this sort of farmstead that he's kind of retired to mm-hmm. in sort of the southern states um, with uh, this woman who appears to be... Well, she, she seems to be kind of his mate, but I don't think that's exactly the case. She's, like, living with him, an old uh, Mexican woman. Um, but she she, she she seems to be the mother of this young girl that he looks she after. She seems to be the grandmother, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so there's this young 17-year-old uh, Mexican girl who he sort of looks after, and he's her... He, uh, He's her uncle, or at least he's like a family friend who's an uncle. He's like the stepdad, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But she calls him um, her uncle. Anyway, the moment that you meet her, you go, oh, she's going to get kidnapped. Like That was was my immediate sort of thing. And I thought, oh, right, instead of doing Rambo, they're doing Taken. You know? Like, he's going to go and get her back. And what I didn't see coming, actually, was that she would die. I kind of thought, ultimately, she will be rescued and Mm. things will be returned to normal. So that was kind of... It's a slightly subverted my expectation, I suppose. I didn't expect her to die and then him to just rampage. Mm. Um, but there is this thing about how it, it occurred to me that, like, where he's living in this, on this ranch, riding horses, is where every American thinks they'll go when they die. Like, this is heaven to an American.
1: Well, it's not just that, it's completely self mythologizing. Yeah. So basically, Rambo has become the old Western hero who retires on the you know to the ranch and all he wants to be is that one with nature riding his horses and growing his crop you know and he's dragged into you know killing yeah. one last time but, <laughs> and and this thing of keeping
0: his keeping his uh sort of violence under wraps like it, it, mm. it, it, he, he talks about i'm trying to keep a lid on it every day yes. you, know, you know but it's there underneath um but but this is constructed as a kind of heaven. Every scene that you get north of the border is set in daylight, and yes. everything south of the border is nighttime. Yes. And it's a, and it's a descent into hell. Yeah, you is. know, so she goes there looking for her dad. Her dad's not interested, um, and she ends up getting kidnapped and uh, forced into uh, sex slavery. It's also important, I think, that she's a virgin. Yes, which is pointed out at one point. I mean, it's not, she doesn't say it, but her friend says, oh, "Are you still a virgin?" And her silence exp- says yeah. that she is. You know. And and so there's this, there's this thing of go you know going into hell to rescue the one good thing, the one pure virginal American, you know well, she's well, Mexican, Mexican, but well, she is American. Mexican, but um, um but she's clearly more comfortable north of the border. Yeah. Um and and so yeah, everything it i mean you know, you say are oh, we it's 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 unfair to, to just think of um Sylvester Stallone is stupid. And he, of course, you are absolutely right. He's not a stupid person, but it's, he makes stupid he's, films.
1: He's 73 years old. Is he really? And he's still headlining action movies that get a worldwide release. I mean, I think, you know, one has to pay respect to that accomplishment at least, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't think of anybody else outside of Clint Eastwood that age who is commanding you know, uh, yeah, like uh, an international release. I mean, you know, Robert Redford's last film went right to Netflix. The one before that didn't make anything. I mean, that generation of stars is over. They're really old. Uh, And actually, you know, it's kind of this amazing thing about Stallone that he even thinks that at 74 he can headline an action film because this is really an action film. Mm. And he's very limited You know, he can't move his body, (laughs) right? So what he can do in an action film and the pleasures of an action film are very carefully couched here. Like, you know, it's all close up. It's all you see things after they've happened or just before they've happened. You know, the cutting is excellent, Mm -hmm. but not so excellent, actually. You really see the bolts kind of sometimes. But, you know, it it is quite something for a 74-year-old person, or 73-year-old person, Mm -hmm. right, to be headlining a pure kind of b action
0: film really you do you do sort of feel his physicality more so i'd say in the scene where he rescues the girl and he's and he's like smashing people up with a hammer mm. but he's doing he does it through ambushes so he doesn't get into uh, like a full-on physical fight with anyone Can't he it. comes in and smashes them and they go yeah and then the final fight the climactic one at uh, his farmstead is all done through traps you see him set up all these traps so mm. actually what does all the killing is these traps and then he just shows up to to shoot yeah, people yeah, yeah. in the head once they've been caught. Well, they so to it,
1: figure out how an old man exactly. can do action. and it is and it so, is sort of uh, smartly uh, sort of uh, figured uh, out so they can do
0: that. Yeah, um, and actually, I, mean, I think it's reasonably effective, and there is some there is some fun in actually. I think those the action tracks.
1: is reasonably uh, effective. I think um,
0: some of it very violent as well, like hilariously violent. I
1: think I like the poppiness of it. I mean, so basically, the story in in a sentence is. This man's hearts get destroyed when his daughter gets sold into white slavery. So in revenge, he cuts out the perpetrator's heart. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's the movie, really. Um, you and your high concept. Well, it is, it it is. is a high concept film. Um, so, but I think they're really kind of, it's a very sparse movie. It's very lean. It's very beautifully lit, you know. And I think in many ways it's very effective, like, you know, you were saying earlier, like, the film is only 80 minutes long, and, you know, for, you, you, you look at an hour goes by, and you can't believe that it's been an hour, right? Mm. So it moves incredibly quickly.
0: It does move quickly. I mean, in it's a sense... It's a real it's, pop movie. In a sense, it felt like that was because... Of, if, if, when it got to an hour, or an hour and five minutes, and, and everyone's arriving for the final fight... I kind of thought this is it like nothing's happened. Mm. So it was it was kind of positive because I thought wow this moved quickly but also kind of negative in that I thought like it even felt like it had filled up so little time with even less mm. somehow I don't know but um but I mean it, the the speed with which it moved was a pleasure like I can't imagine sort of and I wasn't going into it dreading it going oh I have to see this the way I was with Downton Abbey mm. you know I was kind of looking forward to seeing what a Rambo movie was mm. really overall and what the new one would be um, and well, when I wrote... the fact that it wasn't two hours was a pleasure the fact that I, I expected it to be longer I expected it to take itself more seriously in a way and like to have a longer running time to sort of suggest it's importance. and actually getting in and out is exactly what it needs mm. You
1: know? Well, um, I think it's a morally despicable film. Yeah. And actually, and I was thinking, you know, when watching it, you know, um, that that people like him have to be held to account. So on the one hand, you know, he is an icon of American cinema. And I think really because of Rocky, I mean, kind of, you know, because Rocky was a real figure of hope, you know, the kind of this guy from nowhere and the end, a complete loser, you know, but he's kind of work and determination and so on, kind of, you know, uh, uh, um, bring him close to victory, make him, you know, transforms him. Uh, and there's a whole kind of ethos there about like, you know, his relationship with Adrian, his wife, yeah, like, and you know, the last, the going up through Philadelphia, the steps of Philadelphia and so on, I mean, You know, there's the thing about kind of... There's something generous and hopeful about that character, at least in the first one. And then, really, it's been, like, shit after shit, nasty shit, right? Like, you know, killing foreigners here, killing foreigners there. I mean, he doesn't have a decent film in his whole film. He doesn't have, you know... So, Rocky is not a great film, but it's his best film, really, Mm. you know... Well, maybe you know, yeah.
0: Rocky Balboa was good as well, I'd say. Um, when he was older and wanted to come back into the fight, and the, again, that had sort of that kind of had that similar generosity, I think, of saying, you know, you have to do what you want to do, and no one can stop you. And all that I sort think of stuff. the
1: Creed films have a bit of that, but you know, but he's used there. You know, he's not the driving force behind them, uh, and he's a marginal figure, but. You know, you just look at his filmography and, you know, this is a person who has put a lot of poison out into the world, a lot of shit, you know. Mm. Uh, Is it worth it, Sly? You know, and and the thing about this film that's so disgusting is that it's so also self-mythologizing, right? So, you know, he's there under the tree. I mean, my God, you know, when they complain about, like, women being demanding in terms of hair, makeup and lighting... I mean, I wonder what he demanded. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) I mean, he's lit like a painting in every shot, right? Um, And there's something weird about his face, you know. So on the one hand, the lips are the same, you know, but the eyes are different. He always had like wonky kind of pierrot eyes in a way, you know. And um, he's clearly had so much work done. That it's like, you know, it's like a memory of his face, really. And of course, it doesn't mean that he's ageless. You still see all the age in him, right? But there was a moment where the camera turned b- b- to black and white or gave the impression of black and white. And you say, ah, you know, it's like all the bone structure there. And in black and white, you know, he could have mythologized himself a bit further, <laughs> you know. But there's something kind of unpleasant about the whole exercise.
0: Yeah, um, it
1: and, it's a, and it's an ugly film and actually and I was really crushed to see Path Vega who's you know this great Spanish actress uh, uh, playing the role of the reporter I mean you know kind of uh, uh, it's, it's, it's like a form of collaboration or something with the enemy you do kind uh-huh. of feel
0: that I mean there's a thing about how Mexico generally is represented in American media not just film TV as well um, it, that is fictional media rather than like news media, um, and how it's you know very very often, uh, overwhelmingly Mexico is um, a source of criminal enterprise. You know, in one way or another, and 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 Mexicans who get roles in American um, film and TV generally are playing criminals of some sort. Yes, and you know you there is a way in which you could look at that as a form of collaboration, but also these people are working actors who are trying to get any role they can and and sort of turning down roles is not necessarily an option.
1: I also think there's a difference between people, I mean, I don't blame actors for accepting roles. I mean, you know, people have to work, you know, they have to live. But I think there's a difference between, you know, people, actors who, you know, need a job and actually kind of, well-known actors who can wait for the next role Uh, and I'm disappointed in Vega. actually you know because she is one of the big stars of Spanish cinema you know she didn't need to take this role even if Mm -hmm. it is kind of an American film Uh, and and aside from that she's completely wasted in it you know yeah I'm sure she she took the role for the money but it's an ugly
0: enterprise yeah um uh there was something else I was going to say i I suppose what I was going to say was um just that you, you kind of spoke of it as basically a B movie And it yes. really occurred to me it's very ch- well I, I say cheaply made it costs fifty million dollars now who well, exactly knows where that money went
1: twenty five of that must have gone to Stallone because mm. i don't see I don't see 50 it in, is extremely in <laughs> cheaply made
0: um it's not like it's not like yeah. the sets are sort of falling apart, but as you say it's sparse it only has a couple of real locations yes um the camera is, you know, has that digital smear that I've talked about before—that mm. real cheapness of, of look. Um, and actually, I kind of thought, like, if, if you think about that '80s stable of action people, you got you got Stallone, you got Schwarzenegger, Dolph Lundgren, mm. Steven Seagal, and like the biggest of those, Schwarzenegger and Stallone, mm. kind of kept making hits. Yes. And 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 compare them to Steven Seagal, who made. Straight to video movie after straight to video movie, like *Flight of Fury* and *Executive Decision*. The the only difference between this and *Executive Decision* is that this made it into a cinema. It really is that cheap and bad and simple. I mean, a simpler film you couldn't imagine.
1: Yes, though I must say, I think there is an elegance in in the filmmaking as well. You know, like yes, the shots are very sparse. You know, but there are clever compositions, you know. I thought the lighting was very beautiful. Yeah, you know, I suppose i agree Um, and, and kind of necessary, because there is this attempt at mythologizing both Rambo and Stallone. It's no accident that, you know, all the credit sequences are images of him in the previous Rambo films, right? Mm. Kind of looking young and glamorous. So there was first blood, and now this is last blood, right? So I think kind of... You know, the whole thing is designed in an elegiac vein, right? Uh, So, I think the sparseness, the outdoorsness, you know, the horses, the sky, the open sky, all of that is to imbue him with the same kind of symbolic meaning as as John Wayne or something like that, you know? Mm. Um, So, uh, you know, kind of Rambo comes home from Vietnam you know and from afghanistan and now from mexico <laughs> you know though 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 the united states is only um culturally at war with mexico not de facto
0: well i mean that occurred to me as well like you know i suppose in the other films there were wars yes. that he was taking part in and this is this is a this is a personal fight that he has he's not he's not acting for the state in any sense in this film no um, which I, he was in, I'm sure, at least some of
1: the others. But the film has a view on Mexico, which is really disgusting. Who is the director, by the way?
0: The director, I was just looking him up, um, is uh, Adrian Grunberg, who's directed uh, Get the Gringo. I think he wrote and directed that. That was a Mel Gibson thing from seven years ago, which I never saw. But that, um, well, the title at really he suggests, it's um, got Mexican elements. Right. Yeah, here we are. This is IMDb's... A career criminal nabbed by Mexican authorities is placed in a tough prison where he learns to survive with the help of a young boy, um, and he's assistant directed on quite a lot of things. But this is uh, second or third kind of major directorial project.
1: Okay, so
0: um, he's directed on what? Well, assistant directed on Narcos, sense Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, a hmm. bunch of things. Oh, um,
1: well, that's interesting because. Um, it it does have that sparseness of television, as well, but very well used
0: though. Well, I mean, I think it would be unfair to. It is definitely cinematic. Being, you know, it
1: is. I mean, you know, frankly, visually in comparison to uh, Downton Abbey, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and and to be fair, in uh, comparison to all those cigar movies, I I yeah. picked up. You know, it is it is better than those. I mean, maybe I'm being a little unfair, um, but. um but ideologically and in terms of kind of plot complexity, character complexity, it's it's offering nothing intelligent. Yes. I know you talk about it kind of mythologizing, but that's I don't think that's necessarily smart. It's um, I mean, if anything, that's it's vain. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, it's 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 a typical vanity uh, production. Mm. I mean, you know, he's seventy three. He's clearly still doing weights. But he's clearly also stiff and immobile. And frankly, you know, kind of whether he's doing weights, I'm sure he's got a fantastic body for a 73 year old, but it's a 73 year old's body, you know. And you can look, and yeah, and so I think, A, he doesn't show it to you. He never takes his shirt off the way that he would have done in all the other films. The way he
0: did in that shot in Rambo 3 that I saw, which no. was all about him with his top off. Exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, but actually, kind of even dressed, you know, there's. So his body. As an expressive element is gone, right? So everything relies on his face, right um, you know which I think is is I mean you know he's a he's a beautiful man. I think he still looks beautiful in some in some shots, but it is a face that's semi-frozen, right And I also found his eyes weird because and this is maybe just me because I always associate him with dark eyes. you right. know when I think of him in the Rocky films. I think of him as having brown eyes, right? And in this film, they were light, mm. right? You know, so I just thought it was kind of weird.
0: I didn't pick up on that, I must say. Um, I mean, what I did pick up on in terms of his physicality is the size of his arms. And there's one shot actually right at the end when he's when he's killed everyone and he's um, pinned the baddie to the wall with arrows because <laughs> that's what you do, and he approaches him. And there's a there's like a shot from the front, and there's there's a shot from sort of three quarters from behind, mm. and it's low down, and you see the size of his right arm, and it's also covered in blood, and it's kind of sinewy and sort of high contrast. And you see all the detail and dirt and things, um, but it is but the size of it is sort of, it, you know, like maybe he can't move the way he did, but he is physically still intimidating, and it's funny because because you say he's seventy three years old, and I didn't know that, and I mm. suppose I could have figured it out but you know he doesn't look like other 73 year olds obviously it? obviously he's in bodybuilder shape still but like it, he, he seems to age differently i'm not saying he looks younger than 73. I think the
1: first rocky film was either 75 or 77 something like that
0: 75 i think yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so you know he's going to star for 44 45 years yeah so um, but, um you know so hats off to him uh, but you know couldn't he have made one really good movie in that whole career <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean well let's just have a quick look at this filmography because <laughs> uh, apart from Rambo I think I can what? tell you I, which ones I've liked but I honestly don't think there's a great movie in them except great maybe would be definitely
0: go on. Uh, except
1: maybe the, the Creed but I'd have to see it again I
0: I must say I I have a real soft spot for Rocky Balboa, which was the two thousand and six one I think, when he brought Rocky back. Um I I like that film an awful lot. Oh, um Wow. So yeah, it's got all these Rockies, Ants, I love I love Ants. Judge Dredd. Uh so Cliffhanger. Okay. This I sat in the Judge Dredd car. It was made by Land Rover. I saw I saw um
1: it was a terrible film. So, he's done 84 movies. That's amazing. And let me start. Uh, since he became a star... Okay, Rocky's 1976 is what I've got. 76,
0: right. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, Fist, Paradise, Alley, Flops, though Fist is an interesting film. Uh, then he returned to Rocky Two, uh, Nighthawks...
0: Blah, victory, escape disaster. to disaster, escape. But I've got a real soft spot for escape to victory. Well, British people do exactly. Uh, but you know, he saved a penalty from Pele, or no, from a German. But anyway, <laughs>
1: you know. Uh, so first blood, uh, rhinestone with uh, Dolly Parton, atrocious. Then he returned So eighty, so Rambo, first blood part two, Rocky four, then Cobra, which was a big hit, and it was in the vein of you know, the, the, the uh, um, Rambo films. Uh, <laughs> then Lock Up, which I've seen. Uh, lock, to be fair, Lock Up, Tango and Cash were kind of mild hits, yeah? And I think uh, Tango and Cash was a big success uh, uh, internationally. Then he tried comedy with disastrous results in Oscar and Stop, or My Mom Will shoot. Actually, it's amazing how I've seen all of these. Uh, You're a big fan. So, Cliffhanger, I thought was really good. Demolition Man, I thought was really good. I enjoyed The Specialist. Um, I enjoyed Assassins very much. But none of those are great films, no. right? Um, you just have very you nice know, they're, standards. They're just kind of, kind of enjoyable genre uh, films. And then all the rest of the stuff, I mean...
0: He was in Men in Black.
1: Uh, that must have been a, a, yeah. a cameo or something. So, and then, like, the rest of the films, my God, I don't, you know, I, I hardly recognize them. So he returns with Rocky Boy in 2006, another Rambo in 2008. Then he begins The Expendables, which I've seen all of them, and really, kind of, it's pretty bad. They're they're also pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there you go. It's like... Um, it's a, it's a very sad, uh, filmography of someone who once meant something culturally, you know, I mean, the impact that he had with Rocky, you can't understate that. And actually you can't understate that in relation also to kind of immigrant kids or even not immigrant kids. I mean, you know, if you were an Italian American or a something American, you know, in those years when John Travolta and Sylvester Stallone became stars... They really meant something, right? Mm. And I think kind of, you know, uh, people of a certain generation, you know, kind of um, are very fond of them because of what they once meant. And then to kind of throw all that away on this filmography, to not try to do anything better, you know, than this kind of sad list of, you know, mediocre uh, films. It's really heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, well, it's just kind of returning to the mine that has proven itself to work. It's just money-making of, yeah.
1: stuff, right? You know, and how much money does one need?
0: In Men in Black, um, he was shown on, a, on the monitor as, as a registered alien. Turns out he's an alien. It's just a cameo thing. All right, well, but there you go. there you go, he's an alien. And, uh, and which, uh, backs to what I said, frankly, in that he doesn't age like other humans.
1: Well, he's had a lot of work, and clearly he's a very disciplined person. You know, but actually, he's also someone who has pretensions to being an artist. He paints. You know, it's kind of like part of what makes him a sensitive man. And i was thinking, you know, how would you? Yeah, so like Russell Crowe writing his poetry. To be an artist and put so much fucking shit in the world.
0: Do you remember Russell Crowe punched the director of the Oscars for cutting out his poem? Maybe it wasn't the Oscars. Maybe it was the Emmys or or Globes or something. But this is years ago. This is like Gladiator era, I think. Uh, he he wrote a lovely poem and wanted everyone to hear it, and um, they cut it out of the broadcast. And so he punched the director. well
1: wow. <laughs> Because he's that, so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we should end this. Really, I mean, there's not much more to say. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I don't hate the fact that I saw it. It's an it's like it's an ideological project, and it's something to learn from. And it's and. But I do wonder how successful it'll be, even playing to the stupid people.
1: I think there's always a market for this type of, of of action, and I think actually the action I did find it effective, you know. And the whole melodrama—it's melodramatic beyond belief, mm. and I think in a way that works, you know. Kind of, you know, those scenes with the with the women, kind of, you know, being enslaved and brutalized. I mean, my God, I could, I could barely watch. It was horrible, you know. Um, There's
0: a bit where, where she dies in the car on the way back and it's very sad and he's talking to her and she, and she dies of her uh, sort of wounds and um, drugs uh, drug yeah. that she's been given. And then, and then Rambo sort of very quietly says to himself, why not me? And oh. I was like, because you're Rambo. Because she's, <laughs> <'Cause> she, <laughs> she's a little girl and you're a nine foot five gorilla.
1: <laughs> he's not nine foot five. <laughs> Um, really? No.
0: Yeah. Um. What a surprise! And maybe, maybe I was exaggerating for comic effect.
1: <laughs> but also, <laughs> he's famously short. Yeah. So <laughs> he, does, he never looked uh, it though, in his uh, movies. It's one of those uh, things.
0: Like I, I thought Tom Hardy was tall. You know, and he's not. He's shorter than I am. Mm. You know. Sometimes they, they just they film you that way weirdly. Tom Cruise is the only one who can't make himself look tall. That's true. <laughs> he always looks. Uh, tra- I tell you what it is with Tom Cruise. It's because he. He he insists on like genuinely running in all his movies. He will run and you and he wants to he wants you to see that he's running. So we'll have a shot from a long way away with his whole body that shows running really hard. And you can't make yourself look tall when you see your whole body. No. If he would just be a little bit less sort of keen to be active, he can make himself look, you know, like mm. the Budge Dubai. Uh It's made thirty-five million dollars uh, domestic so far.
1: And is this the first week of its release?
0: Uh Yes, released September 20th, which is a week and a half ago, actually. Okay. Well, that's not uh, bad. Actually, more than that. It's, I mean, this is the 3rd of October, so it must be two weeks ago. Two weeks. Uh, not, not, not amazing.
1: Well, um, not amazing, but not bad, actually.
0: It'll uh, have a life on streaming services. It's the thing is, I just
1: can't believe that, uh, that it costs 50 million. I don't believe it. <laughs> you know, I don't. And if it costs 50 million, I bet you Stallone pocketed 40 of it. You know, because there's no way that this film costs more than, like, 10 million pounds. Yes. It's like there are Hong Kong producers and, you know, there's, like, Middle Eastern producers and so on. So, you know, the financing has has been stitched up from a whole variety of places. I mean, this has more executive producers than one can shake a stick at. Um, but within all of that, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I think if... if If the stated budget is fifty million, I bet you you know a lot of that was for Stallone because you don't you don't this you don't see a budget. I mean, my God, even the leading lady is like you know. I mean, Pat Vega. If you're Spanish, she's a big star, but nobody in America will know her from Adam, right? Like, so, so there, there's not even any money spent. Mm. All the supporting that's cast. It,
0: that's even if you can class her as a leading lady. Yeah, I mean, it's the young girl has more of a role. That's right. I They've all got like is.
1: very minor roles here. So, so there's not another name actor in the cast, really. Uh, so so nothing has been spent above the line. The director is a newbie. Right, so, so where has the money gone? Does, you know, the sets are very simple and straightforward. Uh, very few locations. Um, you know, the shots are not expensive ones. You know, the sets are minimal. So, you know, where has that 50 million gone if that's the real budget? I don't believe it. Horse
0: this. wrangling. They had to find a horse big enough to carry Sylvester Stallone. They were probably his own horses. Yeah. <laughs> and you think what the horse has been ejected with.
1: Ugh, let's not go there.
0: Anyway, Yvette Monreal is um, plays the girl.
1: Though uh, so the horses were disgusting, you know, because I thought you know so much love for a horse and so little for your fellow human being.
0: Yeah, kind of, <laughs> but that's a, that's always the way, isn't it? I mean, I thought that in um, when we saw Apocalypse Now the other day, the scene where they um, uh, fire on the um, uh, the boats. And all the people die immediately, but none of the chickens... There's a whole, like, bucket full of chickens, and not one of them dies. And then they save a puppy on it. But that's you know? part of the point, though. No, sure, but, like, it's still, like, if, with all those bullets spraying somewhere, you thought one of those chickens no, would have no, copped
1: it. it's important that it's a point that the director is making an Apocalypse Now. Yeah, you're killing all these people, and then you're cuddling this puppy. This is not self-conscious in that way, and it's not critical.
0: No. I don't have a problem... I mean, I didn't have that problem with the puppy, but I definitely had that problem with the chickens. One of those chickens would have died. Just saying, you know, just saying, killing animals in movies is always a big deal.
1: uh, I mean, to me, I think kind of you're losing the point because, you know, you're now talking about that apocalypse now and kind of losing sight here in this discussion, you know, about this Rambo film that is quite heinous, really. But the way that it idealizes these beautiful animals and, you know, what they represent. And, you know, there's actually kind of, I don't know, three minutes given Mm -hmm. to, you know, him releasing them into the wild so they won't be hurt and they can be free. You know, and you know, this is followed by like, you know, killing like three hundred people.
0: And there's not three minutes given to him releasing them, that's two shots. But
1: they, but they, but, no, you, but, you, but it's you're devoted long shots and yeah. actually you have him waving the thing and getting it's rid of, two yeah. extended shots. Okay. Right. Spaced but out.
0: But yeah, I and mean, you see yeah, it's in that montage where he's setting up the thing for the traps and he sends her away as well. Sends it, uh, it, sends it, the woman away. But the but the point I'm getting to I mean, I think you're right up to a point, but I also think It's and I'm being kind of glib about apocalypse now as well, but the point that I'm ultimately making is, it's always a big deal no matter what the film to kill an animal. Yes. You know, much bigger than it is with humans, always.
1: Well, depending on how you treat humans, I don't think it's always, you know, uh, uh, more important than the way you kill humans. No, it's not.
0: I don't mean the way you kill humans. I just mean the fact of killing Like you just see it. You you tend to see it in most westerns
1: humans are given much more weight than the horses.
0: Yeah, but then do you see the horses die very often? Yes. Mm.
1: Yes, I mean, Sometimes. you know, all the Indian fights in the Western, you see horses fall everywhere you go. Yes, Maybe. it's a staple. So, um, I, I just think there's something actually kind of disgusting in in the way that this film treats Mexicans. Well, yeah, that's certainly uh, true. And, and then kind of you know, that sense of disgust is made even more bilious, but in contrast with, you know, the way that he treats the horses. I'm not saying he should have abused the horses, but actually, you know, the horses are there uh, partly to signify something about him and something that is very dishonest. You know, you can't, you can't be so feeling about freedom and liberty and open air and these beautiful animals cavorting in it, and then just, you know, kill 300 people. <laughs> but,
0: but I think part of the reason that it's ideologically ugly is the fact that it so, um, so kind of marries up with actually how America thinks. Well, that's true. You There's know, no I question mean, about that. Like yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. not just that the film thinks that, it's that it reflects what America thinks. And not, and not all of America, not individual Americans necessarily, but, you know, the, the guy in the White House... Is the guy who said well, these things about Mexicans? The, the
1: reason why I find this film poisonous is because actually it's reinforcing yeah. the worst of, America cult- of American culture at the, at the moment, and it's siding with the powerful against the powerless. You know that's what it's doing, and that's why it's so disgusting. You know that Sylvester Stallone is contributing to what really are you know the the worst parts of American culture.
0: Yeah. So, despite the fact we found some pleasures, a horrible film.
1: Yes don't go, fuck
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just needed the next Rambo film, it's going to turn out that he has a black friend and the black friend will become the new Rambo and it'll be nice and woke. Like Creed.
1: Well, ostensibly, there won't be another one. This is the
0: last, First blood. It, well, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. I mean, the that. first one was first blood and then they had first blood part two. So they haven't, they can't do titles.
1: Well, you know, you say that but actually, the only reason he has a career is because he stuck to those titles. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh,
0: I think I, I think Rambo has to end with him actually dying at some point, and it'll be and you know as much as you talk about mytho- mythologizing Rambo in this, you will vomit your guts up when he dies in the next one. No it'll way. Be, oh, I mean, oh Rambo! Know, uh,
1: I feel personally that it wouldn't be any loss at all if he were to retire from the screen forever. As I said, you know kind of, I really loved him as a kid, and, you know, I think, you look at his filmography, and you think it's a real betrayal of that love that audiences had for him, Mm. you know, he went for kind of, you know, from representing, you know, kind of things that were admirable, and it's what made him a star, and what attracted people to him, and then, you know, he's just, again, sided with the powerful, against the powerless, and done schlock Kind of ramping up the kind of cheap patriotism for the rest of his career, and it is truly disgusting.
0: Here endeth the lesson. Yes. <laughs>
1: Goodbye. <laughs> we are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are
0: on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Um, on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Bye bye. Bye bye.